The Last Basilope, one ferocious story by Barkley Breathed. Every time you hear this sound, turn the page. A very terribly long time ago, before such things as television and good table manners or even children, ferocious monsters roamed a younger, angrier world. Whispered legends tell of a race of razor-horned, slobbery-fanged beasts more ferocious than the others. The stories say that the mere sight of one of them in a dinosaur neighborhood would inspire rip-snorting dinosaur pandemonium lasting for weeks. Stories also say that a few of these brutes survived those terrible times. They say that just beyond our backyards, deep within the forest gloom, the very last one of them is still hiding, snarling, eating grizzly bears whole, and waiting to be discovered. They call him the last basilope. Nobody read these basilope stories more closely than a great and famous explorer named Opus. Now, in, in truth, Opus was neither great nor famous, and had discovered precisely no spotted tigers, no people eating toads, and generally no lost tribes of Nebraskan cannibals. Even this morning, he couldn't discover two clean socks. But he was hopeful. Surely, he thought, a great and famous discoverer such as himself would soon discover something, and a razor-horned, slobbery-fanged basilope seemed a properly ferocious something. An expedition must be formed. Opus found his best friends, Bill the house cat, Milk Toast the house bug, and Ronald Ann the house kid watching TV in his living room. Several TVs, actually. Opus flung open the front door and pointed out into the sunshine. The Great Basilope Expedition Force is forming outside, he announced. Ferocious things are still out there. Undiscovered things. Wonderful things. Ronald Ann pointed out that there was a commercial for tidy-nosed allergy spray on TV, which seemed wonderful enough, thank you. Volunteers, please, form an orderly line outside. No pushing, ordered the expedition leader. But they didn't form any line whatsoever, so he had to drag each one of the volunteers out. <laughs> Ronald Ann twice by the feet. When Opus finally explained that they would all get on TV once the basilope was captured, attitudes improved. He assigned responsibilities to each of the expedition members. Bill the cat would carry the survival gear, Milk Toast would watch for elephants and act as manager once they got famous, and Ronald Ann would prepare the marshmallow slash gummy bear milkshakes. Bill discovered some scraps of cardboard and an old set of cow horns in some nearby trash and danced around like a basilope, amusing all but the expedition leader. Bill was scolded for goofing off and felt thoroughly useless. We're off! announced Whee! Opus, and with a mail order basilope net in hand, he led the group out the back gate and down toward the massive trees beyond. They walked deep into the gloom of the ancient forest for many, many miles. The air was deathly still, except for the unseen wings of unseen things gliding through the creeping mist. The great basilope expeditionary force was lost. Then, at their feet, they suddenly noticed an endless glowing carpet of dandelion pups, stretching in all directions. Stranger still, a mysterious path had been cut through the miniature white forest. Opus bent down for a closer look. The dandelion tops? He whispered, have been whacked clean off. Whacked? 
shrieked Ronald Ann, horrified. Clean off, repeated Opus. By razor-sharp horns, guessed Milktoast. The basilope has been through here, said the expeditionary leader nervously. They followed the dandelion path into the distance. That evening in camp, nobody really enjoyed their marshmallow-slash-gummy-bear-slash-catch-up milkshakes. It's never easy enjoying a good meal if one expects to be eaten soon oneself. Opus tucked Ronald Ann in under her blanket and then settled himself in. Bill stood guard in his underwear and tried to feel useful. Milk Toast put some cold cream on his face and retired, only to jump up, hollering that there was a bug under his blanket. He calmed down when Opus pointed out that it was only himself. It's just you, Milk Toast. In the flickering firelight, Opus thought he saw horrible basilope shapes lurking nearby. He inched his hand out from under the blanket and held a deadly weapon at the ready. It was a long time before he fell asleep. Opus awoke in the morning when a single tiny dandelion wisp landed gently on his nose, making him sneeze. The others awoke to find more of the little white tufts, floating from the direction of a strange glow just beyond view. Sleepily, they dressed and crept toward the edge of the deep clearing. Peering into the light, they didn't notice the other creatures of the forest, frozen in fear, gazing at the sight below. Look, whispered Opus. Ronald Ann held her breath. Bill hid his face. Milktoast ran in the opposite direction, screaming. Opus tiptoed closer. A single shaft of morning sun pierced the thick forest canopy and fell square upon a shining grassy meadow. In the middle stood the fierce, the terrible, the last basilope. Opus did not see any slobbery fangs, nor did he see any razor horns. In fact, the beast seemed to be humming, and he certainly wasn't eating grizzly bears whole. He was nibbling off the tops of dandelions. Nibbling? Opus sputtered. This isn't what I call ferocious. The basilope looked up. His nose began to quiver. Both lips curled into a horrible snarl, revealing rows of dripping teeth. The monster began to lumber towards them. Uh-oh, said the great, but not especially brave, discoverer. Retreat! Fall back! Backpedal! Commanded Opus. The entire Basilope Expeditionary Force went into full throttle, no brakes, darn the torpedoes, reverse! They shot into a huge open meadow, the spitting, snorting creature following close behind. Opus collapsed, exhausted on the other side, and found himself cowering under a massive shadow of dripping teeth and quivering Basilope lips. How embarrassing, he thought, for a famous discoverer to die as a basilope snack. The jaws gaped. The monster drew in his lungs for a final dandelion-filled breath, and then... He sneezed. Oh, not a normal sneeze. Not a run-of-the-mill namby-pamby plain-jane everyday reverse sniffle like yours or mine. No, this was a ten-megaton bull moose nasal explosion. Propelling the creature backwards into a graceful arc through the sky. With a plop, the basilope landed neatly on its bottom, very much as though he'd had some practice at all of this. Snuffling, the basilope reached down with one of his huge ears and grasped a leaf, with which he blew his nose. The beast said, Thank you. He replied to himself. He smiled shyly at the expedition members and massaged his stuffy nose. Dandywines always do that to basilopes, he said. We will, we shouldn't eat them. But we do love them so. 
The great basilope expeditionary force cautiously walked over to the sniffling creature. The last basilope, I presume? Asked Opus, as formally as he could. The beast lifted his right ear and held it out to shake. Personal acquaintances call me Rosebud, he said. At least, they would if I had any. The creature added with a sigh. <sighs> we basilopes have been twined in myself for, oh, 200 million years, but we've never been very good at it. Then Rosebud grasped a dandelion stalk with an ear and inhaled the wisps with a snort. Again, his lips began to curl and his nose wrinkled into a ferocious sneer. Opus shrank back in horror. Bill covered his eyes, but Ronald Ann pulled out a small spray bottle from her pocket. She squirted the stuff into the basilope's twitching, snarling honker, which then immediately unsnarled. The bottle read, Tidy Nose Allergy Spray. Maybe personal acquaintances will be easier to make now, said Ronald Ann, smiling. You can start with us. And to celebrate, they spent the rest of the day collecting huge numbers of dandelions for a grand feast. Actually, only Rosebud did the eating. The others jumped in the pile. (laughs) 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 Suddenly, Rosebud pricked up his ears. A noise came from deep within the forest, a noise unlike any he'd heard before. Everyone turned to look. An avalanche of honking, roaring, squealing cars and trucks burst from the forest. Written across their sides were the names of TV shows and satellite networks and newspapers and magazines and animal zoos and tour companies. And there, hanging on the hood ornament of the lead vehicle, was former expedition member Milktoast the Housebug, pointing the way. We've got him cornered, he hollered. Bring him back alive! Rosebud turned to Opus. More acquaintances? He asked hopefully. Many, many more, said Opus, looking worried. He thought for a second and then turned to Bill. We have to work fast, he said to the cat. The parade of cars and trucks roared across the meadow. They surrounded the great Basilope Expeditionary Force and a mob of screaming people leapt out, carrying cameras, microphones, and cages. Milktoast motioned for silence. I've told you how I captured the monster, said the housebug grandly. And now, if you'll just spell my name right in the newspapers, he's all yours. Then Opus and Ronald Ann stepped aside to reveal, well, a a very unusual beast. Nobody in the crowd noticed, but this basilope had wieners for horns, tomatoes for eyeballs, and two bananas for fangs. To Milk Toast, the monster looked suspiciously like a cat wearing his lunch. The crowd exploded into a blur of warring cameras and shouted questions. Milk Toast screamed, We're being hoodwinked! But nobody heard. Opus and Ronald Ann slinked away as the crowd closed in on the beast. The two reached Rosebud, who was hiding under a pile of dandelions, far away from the shouting crowd. I think you better leave now, Opus told the basilope softly. Ronald Ann kissed Rosebud on the nose and slipped him a small spray bottle. Delighted to have made your acquaintance, she whispered. Rosebud hugged her with his huge ears, and then she ran off to help Bill with the mob. Opus handed Rosebud a last snack for the road. A great and famous discoverer knows that some secrets are better left undiscovered. Opus said sadly. Did I have one more discovery? Said the beast. Just for you. He scrunched up his eyes, and his face turned pink with strain. Slowly at first, and and then quickly, his antlers expanded like glowing balloons. They rose above his head, and gently, ever so gently, Rosebud's feet lifted off the ground. (laughs) The stories never mentioned this, said a thrilled Opus, laughing and waving goodbye. 
A trail of dandelion wisps danced in the last glow of the sunlight as Rosebud drifted gracefully toward a deeper, more distant part of the forest. He hoped that ahead might be a quieter place, certainly a less ferocious place. He looked back at the tiny figure still waving far below, and he smiled. He smiled because it occurred to him that after a very terribly long time, the world's last basilope was actually the world's first basilope with friends. Thanks for listening! I had a great time acting and stuff, and, and it's, it's fun being in this book. So, thanks for listening. I'm gonna go back to the shelf now. Bye. Barry Winfield reporting for uh, No 92 uh, News about this uh, here basilope here. It looks kind of like a, a cat, but as we all know, it's not. It's a basilope. Basilopes are very much interesting. We love basilopes. They're uh, very basilopish and a basilope. And uh, uh, we're hoping to see if this is a, a basilope spawning center where we will see many future basilopes come to, come to pass. But so far, there's only been one basilope sighting.